New Year. Welcome back to the first episode of Richie's Radio in 2023. Your home for horological hot takes, taboo topics, and often unpopular watch opinions. I'm your host, Bernanke. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Schmidt. Schmitty, what up, bro? Hey, buddy. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. So uh, first, I guess first and foremost, apologies. We uh, did the unthinkable. Uh, <laughs> I, I've tried unrelenting. I've tried to never miss a week, but we did it. Um, holidays <laughs> kind of crept up. Schedules got tangled. Uh, the whole nine. I mean, we tried every which way to make it work. It just it just couldn't. And you know what? At the end of the day, it's a time to be with family. And yeah. as much as I do enjoy doing this and I, I love our listeners and I love that everybody's involved, I think they're probably busy with their stuff too. So I don't yeah. know how that episode yeah. would have done anyway. This is sort of the makeup, but here in 2023, it's our first. So Schmidt, what's going on, man? How is, how is 2023 treating you so far? It's been good. I mean, you know, we've only been in it for, for a little bit, yeah. uh, basically a day at this point recording, but, uh, it's been good so far. I'm, I'm excited for what this year is going to bring. I'm excited for the growth of our channel and in uh, our podcast and what we're doing, our social media presence. Everything's going to be great this year. I can't I cannot wait. Yeah, it's been it's been an interesting go so far. I think since our last episode, uh, we had a monstrous cold spell here. <laughs> Not only cold, but windy, very windy. Yeah. And uh, and so it was probably the night or two after we dropped that episode. Uh, my basement has kind of a shoddy window in it and it blew open during the storm. So we had this giant gust of cold air coming through. So we come home. I come home from a long day of work. I, I had to go pick up the wife. She was at a holiday party. So she, you know, she's a little tipsy kids. I had to grab them, put them in bed. She's like, the, the water doesn't work. I'm like, Oh my God, I come down here. The pipes are frozen. Cause that's where the pipes go by. So oh my God, I'm down here no. with the hairdryer thawing out the pipes. Thankfully nothing, no bursts, no nothing. Everything was okay. You know, I did I did some light plumbing all as well, but it's been an adventurous uh, yeah, so holiday. It would for have me. it would have not have been really a great idea to record an episode. <laughs> no, no, I mean I probably would have froze my my ass off down here, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, between that and I, I've been doing some uh, light washer repairs. I'm very I'm very Tim Allen here in 23 so far. So that's my that's been my sort of uh, go around. Oh man, that's funny. Yeah, I mean it, it was uh, it was an interesting holiday season. Uh, both my girls got sick, yep. um, so mean, it was kind of a weird Christmas between Christmas and New Year's time. So um, it was fine; everyone's fine. Just you know, nothing serious, but just didn't know what it was—sickness and all kinds of crazy symptoms. But you know, not horrible or or COVID or anything like that. So it was just odd, you know. But. Had to make some last-minute plans, changes, and things like that. So it was a little bit different of a holiday season this year. But, you know, otherwise, it was really nice. It was good to spend it with family. Nice to be unplugged for a little bit. And, again, apologize to you guys for the listeners missing out on last week's episode. But, you know what? Other things were just more important at that time. So we'll make it up now. Yeah. And I, I know exactly what you mean. You you kind of have to do the, the tiptoe nowadays with, with uh, illnesses and everything. Because even if it's not COVID and you're you're going to somebody's house or you have plans with somebody or you're gonna be with somebody, then you got to play the oh you know kids are a little kids are a little under the weather. What is it? Well, they they just got the sniffles, and then they're like, well, is it like a fever? No. And they're like, right. you have to feel them out. Like, are you are you still cool to to co mingle, or are we just gonna call it all? And you know, a lot of times things get canceled or whatever. Like, 
it, it is what it is. You know, it's just kind of the yeah. the hyper hypersensitivity from from recent events. But yeah, no, I know. I hate where it. we're at. I hate it, but it is it is what it is. You know, everyone's cautious about it. So there you go. I know, but you know what? I I grew up drinking from the garden hose, so as did I. <laughs> there's probably some lead poisoning floating around my body somewhere for sure for sure so this is episode 62 and uh today we're gonna do our last i guess our our final little post-mortem on the year 22 and a little look forward Uh, obviously we haven't had any major announcements yet but i think in the next it's usually the next two months we start to get some saucy stuff Right. March is obviously the big shows and everything, you know, when when people are waking up in the middle of the night to check all the drops and everything. (laughs) But before then, we get some we get some little some sneakies. Yeah, we get some stuff peppered in. So we'll keep our our eyes peeled for that. But with that, we will do some new releases. As we have acknowledged, Nevada Crunch is just (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what to say at this point, man. like every week they get a new collaboration they they, they really do le or something so they really do so i i've seen they've once again went with the uh chronomaster aviator sea diver uh this time they're mixing it up with time and tide and this one is for a way to i guess save the koala yeah it is what they call a koala bration oh i like it yeah and it's got a it's got a, a koala second hand. It looks like the koala is climbing the second hand as it would a eucalyptus tree. Yes, yes. And if you notice too that uh, um, when you look at the actual dial, it normally says you know Chronomaster, Aviator, Sea Diver, all that stuff. There's like some of the letters are different, like highlighted. Yeah, because I think it sp- basically spells it like save. That's what I was trying to figure out too, because. I understand you if you're going to highlight some of the letters you can't like you, there's two V's in there and you can't just highlight one cuz then it looks kind of stupid. <laughs> so I understand why they highlighted them all. I think it is supposed to be save. Yeah, yeah. Which I I think it's cool it's a neat little little tidbit. Yeah, I mean this is an Easter this is an Easter egg watch yeah. I and mean, you have a little cartoon koala literally drawn and mounted onto the second hand. Again, I don't know who this watch is really for. It's very whimsical. It's cool. It's for you know a good cause. And this is this is done in partnership with again Second Second, who's done all, basically all of the the Nevada Grenchen uh, collaborations at this point. Yeah. Um, but I think it's cool. I mean, it's a it's a funny whimsical concept. I mean, again, I literally have no cause for this to be in my collection other than the charity, but. You know what it is. It is. Yeah, I think if if it hit closer to home, like if I lived in a place that was kind of native to koalas, or at least a country that housed them, I think maybe I'd be more into it. But um, you know, it's neat. It looks good. It's a nice little koala. I can't complain about it. I'm trying to figure out what the S is for. That's definitely some sort of other Easter egg. There's an S on the on the koala. It looks like. Is there? I'm looking at it. I I believe there is. It's definitely something. Oh, it might be for it might be for a second. Maybe, maybe, who knows? But anyways, interesting collaboration to say the least, but you know what? A cool one and not one that, that, you know, by any means we were disparaging the charity or the, the fundraising, just not a, not a guy with a soft spot for koalas. No, no. I mean, I'm all for koalas. I'm just not a guy who needs a watch that celebrates the koalas. 
I mean, other than that, I mean, I love the, the Chrono Master, and this comes on a pretty sweet tropic, so by all means, have at it. And you know what? Maybe that maybe you're right about that S, because if you think about it, the S is on the koala, but that koala is also on the second hand, so it could be the second, Ooh. second. All right. You know? Maybe we'll have to get confirmation on that. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, my favorite company, Seiko, has more or less re-editioned their very first wristwatch. It's not exactly a one-for-one, one, yep. but way back when, in the early 1900s, uh, they had a little bit of foresight. They kind of saw the wristwatch game coming, and back when the pocket watch was hot, they made sort of this... I mean, it kind of looks like an old pocket watch, but it goes on more of like a sort of a bunch strap. Yeah, it's it's a retrofit. It's, a, yes. it's what they used to call conversion watches. And it's the Laurel is the name of it. And it, you've seen they've played at this with some of their enamel presage dials and things like mm -hmm, that in, mm -hmm. in the recent years. This one specifically is tribute to that. It comes on sort of that Bundy strap. And uh, it has the same red 12. They, they've done a few things. I know there's a power reserve on this and a, a small yeah. second. So there's it's, a, it's it's got a small seconds, but also a big second hand. Yeah, I've been trying to figure out if there's some sneaky complication. Oh no, you know what? That's a small date. It's not a small second, right? It only goes up to 30, 31. Oh, gotta be a small date. Yep, 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 yep. So it's a center seconds pointer date, basically. So but it's in a sub dial. I've never seen that done that way before. Have you seen uh, it done like that? Very far, few and far between. I feel like I've seen it on something like a. Like That's so odd. Like the, I feel like the Orient GMT that I used to have had that. Well, I mean, that would make sense, right? Or they're kind of they're yeah. the same parent company now, right? Take on Orient. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. I can't remember what the relationship was. I feel like there's always people who are like they're not the same, but it's. I think it's, I think they're the same parent company, but they're they operate independently of one another. If, if I remember, they're both I, independent companies. Yeah, if I remember, I think Orient is owned by Epson, who is tied to Seiko, but okay. I don't think that they there's much manufacturing collaboration. Yeah, 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 I think that's kind of how it goes. Yeah, but I, I, you know, I've never seen a date because I mean, it looks literally like a second hand. Yeah, especially because the thirty, it's like throwing me off, but it's like it looks exactly like a second hand. But yeah, yeah so I, so it's a small seconds pointer date weird yeah so that's at the six sub dial and then kind of regular watch layout otherwise and then there's powers are off towards the nine um yeah so this is uh in celebration of 110 years of watchmaking on their end i mean they've been doing a lot of these lately but i guess this is just sort of like their little piece de resistance that we made you know our wristwatch kind of right around when it was getting popular so Kind of a nod to that. It's neat. I don't know if it's for me. I, pro I probably wouldn't buy it, but I think it's a limited edition of 2500 Okay, yeah. So not really a limited edition per se, but it's still a very cool watch. I mean, it's certainly yeah. a conversation piece. Yeah, and if you're in a vintage Seiko, as I am, um, might be for you. Although this one, I'm not I'm not in love with this. I'm, I'm more of a diver guy. <laughs> yeah. What can I say? Yeah. I'm more of a diver guy. It's more of a, you know, you need a little bit more of a tool watch for sure. Yeah, tool watch for a tool guy. <laughs> You're a craftsman. Uh, all right. Next up, 
is so this kind of goes along. I caught wind of this one. This has 2022 written all over it. This is the Alpina Star Timer. However, this is the Blackout Edition. Yeah. And we've been talking about this at length that Black has returned. I mean, it was, it was, it, it, it's gone through periods where it's been popular and it's gone yeah. through little peaks and valleys here and there. Black this year has been really in. People have done sort of the blackout editions of a lot of things. Listen, yeah. I bought is blacked out. So I think people are just looking for something different. I mean, I, I think since Steel made such a big comeback over precious metals and then we've we've had titanium. It's sort of just a natural progression of like, what else is there? Oh, well, you know, we could do some some black coatings. And if you've listened to our black coatings episode, you know all about that. Um, but yeah, you get you get a bunch of different looks. You get sort of the stealthy, you can go militaristic or just kind of a toned down, uh, not so loud look as opposed to something that's so bright and vibrant or shiny. You know, you get that. Uh, you lose that sheen a little bit, which is nice. But it's a cool watch, uh, sort of 10 case. Uh, two sub-registers, center chronoseconds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, it's the, the usual start timer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it's exactly right. It's a usual start, uh, usual start timer, just in now black livery, which is cool. Um, it's very much like a, a 70s-type chronograph right yes. you have that that barrel case twin subdial register like you mentioned uh this to me kind of looks like uh you know it's a it's, i know it's a little bit of an abstraction but it almost reminds me of like a vintage hoyer black monza yeah i could see that you know it's it's obviously not exactly the same but it's in that same kind of like rally chronograph look um which i think is very cool and you know given you know what monza's cost today you know going for something like this gives you that same kind of vibe and honestly to me this one's a little bit cleaner it's just very like linear it's very symmetrical it's got a very clean aesthetic um i really like it i mean i'm not rushing out to get one myself but i think not a three if you're looking if you're looking for a black chronograph i think it's it's very cool piece to to pick up yeah i think so too pretty pretty standard dimensions 42 millimeters 1475 thick yeah it's for a chronograph that's not horrible 100 meter though that's that's pretty good yeah, and it's a and it's a mono pusher, which is also kind of unique. Yeah, it's got a Lejeune Perret movement. Mono pusher chrono. I like that. That to me is cool. It's just it's just different it enough. Gives something else. You know. And last up, we have the Unimatic and Revolution collab, the Rake U1 GMT Arctic Fox, which is already sold out. So no need to <laughs> to rush to check it out. But uh, really cool, sort of the typical Unimatic style, but their yeah. their GMT configuration, dated six. But this is this is white out, which is also a neat look. Um, I know yeah. they've kind of done this before, where they go kind of white and gray tones. I like it a lot. It is very clean. It's very uh, if you ever seen the white Royal Oak ceramic, it kind of evokes yeah. a similar idea where you you get like I don't know, it's sort of like a futuristic look, right? When you get the all white. Yeah, it's very clinical, very futuristic, you know, kind of like model society almost, it, it feels like. Well, what's interesting about this is the actual coding itself. And this is something that's not often seen on a lot of mainstream watches. I know a lot of modders have used this material back in the in the day and, and, and certainly in present as well. But it's Cerakote. Yeah, interesting. Which is a very distinctive material. It's used a lot in high wear components, specifically like in the firearm industry. You find a lot on ARs or pistols. 
especially if you are somebody that is a gun enthusiast. Cerakote just got a really, really great hard-wearing uh, material, and you can do it in a variety of colors. And obviously, in this one, we get that kind of like Arctic white gray. Yeah, and it gives you a really neat texture. I don't know if you could see it. There's sort of like little like dips, imperfections. And, it's, yeah. it's like distressed. Right. It's it, it is to me when I look at it, it reminds me of a pair of like '80s like acid wash jeans that are like a little bit distressed on them. You know what I'm talking about? Like it just yeah. It just it's very cool. It's not at all a watch I would have ever like sat at a table and just kind of like picked out of my brain, but I love it. I think it's a very, very cool watch. I know Waco and, and the team at revolution and subsequently the rake and, and obviously in collaboration with Unimatic. It was an odd watch to release at the time it was released, you know, kind of like the winter white watch, I guess. Yeah. You know, for me, this would have been more of a of a summer hit, especially with the GMT complication or whatever. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's very distinctive. It's very cool. I love that it's already distressed. It's aged already. Comes in a wide variety of straps. It is a GMT complication. We keep echoing that this is the year of GMT, or at least 2022 was the year of the GMT. We'll see a 2023 is also a continuation of that year of GMT. But it's just, it's a fun watch. Yeah, and it looks like you can get it either on a white ribbed rubber or I don't know if that's a sailcloth, some kind of fabric strap, but it's like a yeah. Arctic camo, which is also yeah, kind of yeah. neat. Because I think that that was what I saw it was supposed to be in, inspired by was like Arctic white camo uniforms. Well, they know that. <laughs> totally makes sense to me. <laughs> you know, it's just it's a very cool looking watch. Yeah. And, and I have br- a lot of respect for, for Unimatic. They do some cool stuff. It brings the, the sort of the arctic camo look home with the subtle black tip on both the second hand and the gmt hand also which is kind of neat i really appreciate that and uh, i believe it's i want to say it's like 1600 bucks which if you're looking for something to scratch that uh iwc i can't remember the name of the white one but uh you know that white clean iwc look or something like yeah yeah well you're not going to go out and fork over that kind of cash this is kind of a decent alternative for that look yeah yeah, it's that white ceramic one that they do. Yeah, and it's sixteen hundred, like, you know, it's a unimatic. And I think, I think the GMTs, if I'm not mistaken, are using higher grade movements than than what they did in the past. Because I'm pretty sure, so the, so I have an original Gen One unimatic when it right. first dropped with from Houdinki. I think they were the first like retailer of of unimatic back in the day. They had an article about it, and I have the original Gen One unimatic. And um, back then they were using, I believe, Miyoto movements. I don't think that they're doing that anymore. I could be wrong. But I believe on the GMTs and some of these more collaboration pieces, they're using higher grid movements. Honestly, I don't know anything about it, but I do know they're, they're an Italian company now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't get like a Unimatico instead of Unimatic. <laughs> Well, you have to remember the the name, right? It's it's a week we know it as a is the is the U one. Yes. But it's the the Unimatic Modelo Uno U one. And with that, we can transition. Oh, wait, hold on. I do want to get some housekeeping in. Um I didn't put this out there, but I did allude to this uh, in an earlier episode how i said i, I had a little little something coming out in a 
a decently big magazine. So if you go to the GQ Britain site, um, I have a little blurb. Uh, Bryn from Dimepiece wrote an article about social media and the impact on the watch industry. And she's got me and a few other people in there. Um, you know, I just gave a couple little quotes, nothing major, but pretty cool. See my name in print. You know, I got to show it to the mom, the family, all pretty neat, <laughs> you know. So I had some uh, some people, they they kind of, they that didn't necessarily know this is like what I do in my spare time. And they're like, wait, what? Like, this is this is uh, like your entire this is like a whole life. But we didn't know about it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, could be worse. It could be like an assassin. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, nobody <laughs> would really know. Right that's right but uh yeah it was just really cool it was cool to i i had them uh put i asked if they could put my my real name in there one time just so i could have like a claim to fame one day show the, <laughs> show the grandkids check it out this is this was grandpa he was a shit poster your your grandpa was a shit poster and meme lord in that's the years, right kids. 2021 to 2027 that's right so that was that was my cool little uh i forgot to mention that that was that was the one thing i wanted to remember to say earlier i didn't but um that's but awesome, now man. Now we can move on to our topic. So to sum up 22 and to transition to our 23 look ahead and everything, uh, Schmidt and I wanted to do a little drop of the year type of thing. What I think in my mind when I think of this is sort of like time does person of the year or man of the year, woman of the year, whatever, where it doesn't necessarily have to be the highest selling or the most popular or the most lauded watch of the year, but it could be the most relevant watch of the year mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or it could be any of those. It, you just, they just have to have a reason to justify it. I mean, I think you saw people like, I think people like Putin have been on there. People like Greta Thunberg <laughs> have been on there. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, you don't have to be super, you know, some sort of tycoon or inventor or something, you know, it, you just have to be relevant. So you're just some person that captures the moment. Right. Whatever so, moment that may be. Right. So I, I'm sure Cardi B will be on there one day or something. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? No, but that that's kind of what I think of it when I think of watch of the year, drop of the year. I, I try to think of something that really kind of shook the landscape as opposed to something that was necessarily overall um, rallied behind or like rejoiced. Like I, I, I try to think of something that really just made waves throughout mm -hmm. the industry. Yeah. And I know you and I are probably right on the same page and I'm just going to get this one out there to start because I think it's the most obvious. I'm sure everybody has already shouted in their headphones, their car, the moon swatch. Yep. I think this is a, if there was a betting favorite, I think that would be this one, the moon swatch. I know people are going to, you're going to have some people right now saying it's a cheap $260 quartz plastic watch. I don't know how you can, you know, compare that to what else comes out. Listen, it's not just about the sum of its parts, okay? First and foremost, the fact that Omega decided that they were going to like let this fly is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Right, can we just say that it's amazing? Well, and, and it's funny, I saw this on a on an article recently. It was a really in-depth article. I think I can't remember who it was. I think it was Gear Patrol actually. But it was a really in-depth article kind of in the history behind how the moon swatch came to be. Interesting. And it was a very long article, but very, very, very good. And basically, the author interviewed Hayek, you know, Nicholas Hayek Jr., yeah. who's the president and CEO of Swatch Group, you know, globally. And he kind of alluded to the fact that like Omega, like Reynald Ashraman, who's the president and CEO of Omega, like he didn't really 
want to do this. But Hayek was like, you don't have a choice. Oh, we're doing this. And he even kind of mentioned that like Reynald was a little bit like not indifferent to it, but just very hesitant about the idea of the project. Not that he didn't, he couldn't see it being successful or not successful, but just like, what would this really mean? This is really uncharted territory, you know? And Nicholas Hayek being truly the visionary that, that he is. I mean, obviously he's the son of his father who basically saved the watch industry as we know it. Right. With the invention of the Swatch watch. Um, he's like, we're doing it. And he's like, full send. We're doing it. We're not going to go with Blanc Pond. We're not going to make a sea swatch yet. Hmm. We're doing a moon swatch. And, you know, kudos to them because this watch literally changed not only 2022, in my opinion, but the landscape of all future watch collaborations and all future watch drops. I, I just, it's going to be very hard to 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 get that out of people's mindsets. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was alluding to in that it's more than just the sum of its bioceramic pieces in that Omega by hook or by crook made this thing yep. and put it out there and whether they judged or misjudged the popularity or that was by by design or not, um, you know, it, it was obviously a hit. We saw yep. that firsthand. But also the fact that they would take arguably their most iconic model and allow a likeness. Obviously, it's not a one yeah. for one. It's got very different materials and all that, and it's got a co-branding, but a likeness to be reproduced. And I think everybody always says the same thing about legacy and brand. That listen, they thought of this. They thought that was that was exactly why he didn't want to do it in the first place. He probably said, "Listen, the Speedmaster legacy is what it is. Yeah, it's we can't coveted, tarnish it. We coveted, can't taint it. Right. Yeah. It is sacred as far as watch collectors go." I don't know if we can get away with this. And I'm sure there was a bunch of tussle back and forth about differences and things like that. And I'm, I'm sure the, the design probably got rehashed a couple of times over that, but they got that done and they put this thing out and it, it, it didn't just shake the landscape. It was, it was an earthquake. It, it, it eviscerated anything. And the thing was, you know, despite all the pitfalls and the and the issues with how the watch was officially announced or not announced on social media or whatever, you know, I don't know if that was by design or or what, but regardless, it was literally the perfect storm. The teaser photos, the drops, you know, on this date, you're going to change your swatch for Omega or you're going to change. I don't know if you remember or you caught that. Um but apparently this was a nod, and this is also echoed in that article. This was a nod back to one of the original Swatch campaigns when it launched back in 1984. That it was basically like, on this date, you're going to change your Rolex for Swatch. And that was literally the advertising campaign. It's time to rethink your Rolex or it's time to rethink your Swatch or something like that. And they reused that same type of marketing when they announced the new Swatch, kind of teasing up to the, the official release date. So it's very interesting. It was a it was a watch really that had a lot of Easter eggs. A lot of people that were maybe older um, aspects of the watch collecting community, or people that were around at the time the original swatches were launched, would maybe remember this. But the thing I loved about the Moon's watch is it spoke to all generations, right? Seasoned collectors with paddocks and you know all different kinds of crazy higherology pieces were trying to get their hands on a yep. Moon's watch. 
all the way down to the guy who's just kind of like going to be a, uh, a flip bro on, on, um, stock X, you know, they're all trying to get this piece. And even still today, people are trying to get this watch. It's available now more than it ever has been. Yes. But people are still trying to get it. And I can't think of a watch that from any price point has really captured people that way across the entirety of the spectrum of collectors. And say what you want, be a hater, be a lover. It's it's a watch that has forever honestly changed the landscape of watch collecting, period. And I think more than anything, it brought fun to a pretty sterile, pretty it needed gray it so bad. hobby. It needed it so like, bad. This was fun. Look at yeah. Look at the color range you got. And if you didn't want color, you could have it all black. You could have almost Speedmaster colorway. Yeah. yeah, the moon version, the Mercury version. But the most popular ones were absurd colors. <laughs> yeah. Right? I think that was the other part was you had you could have the aesthetic of a moon watch with fun colors that normally the the moon watches that have sort of fun colorations go for big money. Yeah. And and the and the cheekiness behind everything too, right? Cuz that's that color, that fun, that whimsical design, that that not take yourself so seriously mentality, that is all swatch. Right? That is literally the iconicism and the legacy of the branding that Swatch has created, right? So many people forget about what Swatch actually means, right? It's Swatch, right? So S and then Watch. It originally said it for not only Swiss Watch, because that's what it is. It is a Swiss-made watch, but it also st stood for second watch because the idea was these were so inexpensive. They were so fun that you would buy multiples of them as accessories to yourself. So you would not only wear one swatch, you would wear four swatches, right? And you would buy plastic bumpers and you'd buy all these cool things to switch in and out and collaborate and change your watches. You would share them with your friends. It was a way to be fun and energetic and get people, especially from a younger demo demographic in the 80s, into watches. A demographic that had never touched the stuff because they considered it their dad's and parents' yeah, thing. Jewelry. It, it, it was... But they considered it to be old class, yes. you know, like we're, we're, you know, every, every, you know, decade is the rebellious decade, right? In comparison to the previous decade. So they're always trying to rebel against what came before them. And so the eighties was another era of rebellion in a different way sure. than it was in the seventies than it was in the sixties. Right. So this new demographic is like, oh, I don't want to wear a traditional wristwatch. Like my dad, who's on wall street, wearing his two-tone sellout Rolex, I'm going to get a swatch because it's a, that's a watch that truly defines who I am as a young person. Right. And I think a lot of that was packaged up into the moon swatch so well. And like you said, you married that with a likeness of one of the most iconic, if not the most iconic chronograph in the world. And you marketed it and sold it for $260 us and the internet exploded. Not to Broke. mention it was the week or weekend before watches and wonders and it carpet bombed everything yeah, yeah. it yeah it was I uh mean, something i've never yeah, seen I mean, anything like it. rj rj from fatello covered this in depth he's like everywhere i went i was wearing the moon swatch everyone wanted to see it and he said you knew everyone because you could hear the velcro straps being unbuckled by everyone in every presentation meeting from all these people at watches and wonders they were all 
taking off their moon swatches and showing everybody because it was such like a hype icon. You know, like I said, to the cheekiness of all of this, that was done certainly with intention, 100%. Swatch Group knew exactly what they were doing, launching that right before Watches and Wonders because it literally deflated. I mean, I couldn't even tell you. We did a whole episode on this, right? It was Watches and Blunders. Yep. We did a whole episode on this. I To this day, outside of what Rolex released, I literally could not tell you anything else we covered. I can't remember it because the moon swatch just evaporated. It was literally Rolex and moon swatch. And like, that's it. And only Rolex because of what we'll talk about in a minute. But all of this was done with intention. It was cheekiness. That's also how we got mission to Uranus. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> like, <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving. I mean, it's on the freaking case back. Somebody in prototyping was like, yeah, we're, we're just going to do it. <laughs> you know, you know, it was a conversation. You know, it had to have been. Because it's like, all right, mission to the moon, mission to Saturn, mission to Pluto. Okay, these all make sense. It's like mission to Uranus. Like, somebody sat there and was like, should we do it? Full send. Let's do it. And they just did it. Can I just say, I, I nearly pissed myself making the meme of Anakin and Padma. I had the, you can go back and look at it. It's March of last year. So it's Anakin. And he's got like sort of the serious face on it. And he's like, I want a mission to Uranus. And the next one is her smiling. And she's like, the moon's watch, oh. right? And he's just got the perverted look <laughs> on his face. Yeah, she's yeah, like, the, yeah. the moon's watch, right? The moon's watch, right? Yeah. Moon's I, watch, right. I, I, when I laugh out loud making something, I'm like, this is going to be so good. That's how I do that. Was good. It, but again, it's just like, how do, you, how do you get Omega? And then how do you get Swatch? And then how do you put that on the back of this thing and sell it? In the Tiffany blue kind of colorway that you yeah, the, already know. The color that it's everybody like was the looking. color like that everyone's trying to, to swoon after, right? They don't even call it blue, it's Tiffany blue or whatever, light blue, whatever, right? And that's the mission to Uranus. I feel like that was almost done intentionally to try to steer people, like put a decision on people. Like, listen, if you're gonna go after this one, because it's you're probably going to popular, the to Uranus, yeah. you're gonna wear something that says Uranus on it. Absolutely. Like I said, somebody <laughs> greenlit this. I, I know there's a color dark mask room and was between like, the planet and all. Hilarious. But geez. The, and that, I think, you know, overall, as a side note, I think 2022 was also the undercurrent of the troll watch year. Okay. Like it's just, it. it's, it's like things like that. Like we're going to make the mission to Uranus. We're going to make a left handed drive GMT that's ridiculous to set. We're going to make a 50 millimeter titanium. Like it's just the year of troll. Like, we're just going to make the most ridiculous things and people are going to buy it anyway. And we're going to see how far we can push the limits on these watches. All right. Since we went there, I guess we'll go there next. Because like you said, the takeaways from Watches and Wonders were, like, here were the themes, right? Was Moonswatch came <laughs> out. Nobody cares about anything else. Destro Rolex. Destro Rolex, yeah. Uh, they put crown guards on the Air King. Which, again, <laughs> I you know, until you said it right now, I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Um, they put they changed the bezel on the Tudor GMT to be root beer. And okay, if yeah. I think, I think that's when the Black Bay Pro came out, and that was the other big headline. I think, yes, yes, the Black Bay Pro. That's right, yeah. that's right. So, Again, I completely forgot about that watch until right now. And and a good buddy of mine who listens to this podcast has one. Shout out to you, bud. So there's that. Um, I guess we'll talk Rolex Destro, whether you call it, I don't know, the Green Lantern or whatever the hell the 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 Mountain Dew game fuel. The, yeah. <laughs> and, and you know what? That's how you know people universally don't know how they feel about this watch because they cannot come up with a name. There's no consensus here. Like everyone calls the, the, the Hulk Submariner the Hulk. 
Yeah. Right. Like, but I've heard Green Lantern. I've heard Sprite. I've heard Starbucks. I mean, like, I just people can people can't come up with with what they want. So to me, that's indication that yeah, people are a little bit lukewarm to this, and they're only buying because they know it's going to be collectible. Yeah, and I think that was kind of the consensus. I think I think a lot of people thought it was kind of ugly, kind of silly, stupid. It's completely I, stupid. I'm gonna be honest. I was pretty warm on the uh, the Matrix as a name because every time you look at the Matrix, it's all black and green writing. But okay, uh, see, that actually sounds cool. Yeah, I thought so. I thought that'd be a pretty cool name. But uh, you know, but people are always trying to do stupid superhero names, and I'm tired of it. Yeah, we don't so need a superhero the, name for everything. The Batman. This is the you know. I'm like, come on, guys, seriously. The Hulk. It's like, and then how did we get? Uh, who decided Pepsi was Pepsi when it could have been Superman, Spider Man, Captain America? <laughs> exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know who? Old school collectors just didn't didn't grow up with Marvel. That's who. Because that was you know that was termed back in the the eighties and nineties. Like, yeah, this is a Pepsi. This is a Coke. You know. Yeah. So, anyways, so GMT. A lot of people call it the upside down GMT. Yikes. Either way, you said it on the other the other side. Uh, it's black and green, something they've never really done before. But again, more than just the sum of its its parts, obviously, we think it's going to be collectible. It's going to be hard to get because it's Rolex. Yeah. It's something they never, they've never done before. But the fact that they went that direction was the more interesting thing than anything. The yeah. fact that they gave you a color that they've never really done in GMT form. They gave you a Destro which yeah. they don't really do. And they put it on one of their most popular and coveted models. I mean, it's interesting. It's, I don't, again, not, not, not that I love that watch, but it's certainly thought provoking, I guess you'd say. Yeah. I mean, look, it's going to get the conversation started for sure. And it's one of those watches that people will notice from across the room. 100%. There's no way to wear that watch and people don't notice it. So, you know, the, the, the kind of person who's going to buy this type of timepiece is looking for that type of appreciation too. You know, it's going to be a watch that people recognize. You know, so, and that's, that's sort of, that's sort of when people, pe- people always ask me why I think the Oyster Quartz is cool. And I say it's because it's just because it's different. It's not something you're yeah. ever going to get again. And I think that's what this is going to be. You're not going to get this ever again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a good way to look at it for sure. You know, people are like, it's, but a, good it's, way it's, to look at a, it. it's a stupid quartz watch. I'm like, yeah, but like, A, you can get a Rolex with an integrated bracelet. I mean, okay. A quartz Rolex. Mm-hmm. And I think I somebody told me this. I don't know if it's 100% true. Somebody told me that that was the first model they offered Sapphire on. Or among oh, the first the, lines they the, offered Sapphire, uh, Crystal. On the Oyster Quartz? Yeah. You know, I don't know. Actually. I'm not sure either, but somebody somebody passed me along that info and I, I thought it was it was pretty interesting. And huh. I wondered, I I it had got me thinking if at that time, because Quartz was all the rage, if they if Rolex had wondered if this was the, the future the of watchmaking. So to okay, throw a future Sapphire crystal. On it. Yeah, exactly. So I thought I think it's a thought provoking model. It's I like it plausible it's for that plausible. reason. Yeah. You know, it's something different. It's got sort of a classic Rolex look, but it's it's a it's a tweak, and that's sort of what but this it's is. A cool Rolex, and you know what? Still is. to these days, those watches are so undervalued. Like still to I this agree. day, they're undervalued. You know, and I I don't know if that whole thing about them not servicing them anymore or whatever is true, but I can't imagine it's a hard watch service. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'll tell you this: I, I've I've seen the inside of a of a because it's basically based off the Beta Twenty One caliber that was used by a lot of different brands. Yeah, I've seen the inside of one. It's a pretty 
crazy quartz movement. Like you can actually see like if I remember correctly, it actually has like a like like an escapement type system. Interesting. It's 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 very weird. Um, let's see if I can look up the movement. Yeah, I didn't exactly just picture the old uh, you pull it off and there's just a battery hatch and that's it. No, <laughs> it's 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 much more complicated than that. It it it's there's there's actually parts going on inside of it that you can see things moving. It's maybe not like as yeah yeah okay I was right all right. If you look at it, there's actually like a version of a pallet fork type situation on the inside. It's not exactly the same, but it kind of operates in that same concept, if you will. Very, very interesting. Yeah. But, but, so that's why that's why I like that watch. And I think that's why some people will like this watch is because they're just going to say this is just so out there for them that, you know, maybe you're a fan of the brand, but they're normal stuff kind of bores you a little bit so this is this is you but um yeah I, again i don't know if you're ever gonna get your hands on one or what the cost might be but that's another story yeah man so uh so yeah so what's next well i figure as long as we're on gmts i think we stick with gmt yeah probably my favorite easy to acquire watch of the year and I think a lot of people have found this very entertaining is the Seiko GMT, the SSK oh, models. Yes, 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 yes. This was like such a breath of fresh air because I think the GMT complication always comes in a little high. I know you can get them in some micro brands and there are some cheap watches. I mean, look, you can get a, a Casio that has every single time zone on earth in it and who cares. But as far as the GMT aesthetic, it usually comes in a little higher. These... Starting off, I think around 500, which means you can probably get them in the 300 range and, you know, you pick them up used and things like that. I don't know how you're going to beat it. I mean, I for me, it, it alleviated all the problems I had with the 5KX diver, quote unquote, yeah. because it I don't really mind the, the no screw down crown or the 100 meter water resistance. And it makes sense because it's yes. not trying to be a diver. Right. It's, it's not it's trying, trying to be, to be a GMT. And I think the little bit of added busyness to the bezel and things like that, I think it, it remedied so much of that. And they gave it to you on the Jubilee, just as they used to do with the SKX. So I think this is going to, in maybe the grand scheme of things, replace the SKX in the hearts of a lot of people. Whereas the 5KX Diver did not satiate them. I could see that. But, you know, and, and it, 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 you have to think about why, right? The SKX gave us something. Yeah. It gave us an ISO certified diver, 200 meters of water resistance, screw down crown. You know, tough as nails, bullet movement. You know, you had a few different variations, 009, 007, you know, all the different kind of versions that you could get. Yep. And you had affordability. Like, it was an entry watch. And I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense in the sense that this is going to replace that concept. It's not a diver anymore, but it's a cool complication in a watch that's readily available, very relatively affordable, and a few different color co configurations, and obviously we'll probably get more, I'm sure. I would think. And it's only going to make things better for the watch industry because now this will be a movement that Seiko can farm out to micro brands and stuff, and we're going to start seeing more GMTs trickle out and pop out. I mean, it, it's just going to make sense. And I think it starts with exactly what you said. This will be, in many ways, the foundational Seiko. I don't think we'll get another Seiko skx version per se right maybe we will but i i i don't think so 
no, that, I think that they're going to reserve it for this. I think so too. And and again, you you get sort of the the Seiko heritage with the orange dial and things like that. But listen, if you get the black, not that they're comparable in any way, but you certainly get some GMT Master vibes there. Yeah. Right. And you, so you, and you have one. You have I do. I have, I have the, the all black with sort of the the silver. I love that because yeah. it's like it looks like it's all black, but it's like in the right light. It's like black and gray. Yeah, that's it's exactly so what it cool. is. Head on. It looks very all black. And then. The the bottom half comes off silvery. I don't know how they treated that. I don't know if it's a coating or if it's just the, the way they went about housing the bezel itself, but it's, it's really nicely done and it, it was really cool. And I, I really enjoy that watch and people have asked me about, you know, how, what do you think of it? How good is it? And I'm like, it, it is good. It's real good. I wear it all the time and it, it's going to fill. Listen, if you like the SKX, it's, it's going to fall right in there. It, it wears pretty much the same, but it's not the same watch, obviously. So you yeah, get a little and, bit and different it's... functionality and listen, you were probably putting a 12 hour bezel on your SKX anyway, because that's what was cool. So <laughs> just about to say that there you go. James Stacy, and the twelve-hour bezel, like everyone remembers that look, and a lot of people did it because he did it. So, it's you know this, this is a cool look, you know. And it, not that it's for everybody, but I mean, you, you get a cyclops, it's an interesting tidbit. Yeah, and I, I'm sure for all the guys that don't like the cyclops or that are indifferent to it, I'm sure Seiko's going to come out with a limited edition or specialty edition of this watch this year. Maybe that doesn't have it, or maybe that has a day date version. You know, who knows? There's yeah. so many possibilities with this movie because the platform is there. Right. They can do it now. So I think that one, for a lot of people, it was a big drop. Again, it's a cheap watch. Is it anything special on paper? No. But what it's symbolic of and what it means to collectors, I mean, being able to pick something like that up for three four hundred dollars it's it's big it's bigger than people think it's nothing and it's and it's a great it's a great daily companion this is this to me in many ways and i know you know we're looking kind of for the watch of the year you know in essence but you know this in many ways is the perfect travel watch of the year you know it's it's low-key it's inexpensive if you go to a tropical place and somebody holds you hostage and wants your watch well hey you know what's your three hundred dollars sake really gonna mean at the end of the day, it's it's a perfect low key time. Piece. Right. I mean, and for for better or for worse, that seems to be a topic that's on a lot of people's tongues. I mean, shout out London, right? Like, yeah. So, I mean, hey, there there is a little bit of uh, a a good feeling that comes along with I'm good. Like, <laughs> yeah, I hand it over, no big deal. <laughs> Take it if you want it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, moving on, I think we'll go, I guess we might as well go back to Rolex before we head out. Uh, the Rolex Challenge, the Omega Challenge watches, I think those were really big. Um, the Rolex one, I think even more so because Omega has given us some bigger watches before. Not that big, maybe, and you know, obviously not as specced out, but you've seen the bigger Planet Oceans and things like that. They make some beefy watches. They make some yeah, really heavy-duty stuff. Rolex does not do this. Rolex does not make 50 millimeter hubcaps. I mean, they do now. They do now. Right? Like, I think if you went into 2022 telling someone this is going to be the year Rolex drops a 50 millimeter. Yeah, this was not on the 2022 yeah. bingo card. They would tell you you're on drugs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I. Yeah. Again, I, I, don't, I don't really enjoy this watch, but it's I don't certainly... I don't at all. I think it's stupid. It certainly sent tremors through... 
the uh, the atmosphere of the the watch watch world watch sphere whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I mean, it, look, I mean, it, it is certainly a very provoking Rolex in the sense that it's it's really the antithesis of Rolex, right? Rolex doesn't change their styles. They don't do this because they're very conservative. They move at snail speed. You know, all of a sudden, they've been slowly incrementally increasing their sizes over the time, right? We went from 40 to 41. Things have been getting kind of bigger. Some models have been going smaller. But then all of a sudden, bam, 50 millimeters, and it's quite literally a watch that in every single photo I have ever seen of it depicted, not a single person could wear it. No. It's, the lug-to-lug is bananas. It's obnoxious. It's, it hangs off everybody's wrist, and everyone has to edit the photo or take it at just the right angle so it does not look like it. that's the case. It's monstrous. It's too thick. This is literally a paperweight collector item, and good luck to you guys spending $26,000 on it. I hope you're happy with your paperweight that you're going to sit in there. But hey, it's the first ever full-fledged Rolex in titanium. Cool. It's 11,000 meters water resistant. Cool. For me, you guys know I'm an Omega fanboy. I would take an ultra deep over this every single day. And this begs the question too, you know, was this really Rolex trying to take back some ground that Omega picked up over the last few years with the ultra deep expeditions, with the deep sea diving stuff, and the watches that they launched earlier before Rolex? It's kind of an interesting conversation. I know we've touched on it before, so I'm not going to go into too much detail here. But it's it's kind of an interesting thing. Yeah, food for Ro- thought. Omega did it first. Now Rolex is coming back. And sort of with that, their overall competition and everything, I know people always say that Rolex is now using Tudor to, to kind of get back at Omega and compete with them. We got a Pelagos 39. Yeah. And while this is a cool watch and it's something that I asked for and something that I, I kind of said, not predicted, but I always said this was overdue. I think the biggest takeaway is that they heard it and they listened to people. Yeah. When people said the Pelagos is just a little big, it's a really cool watch. It, what it stands for, what it, harkens back to is really really neat the design is great it's just not that agreeable for everybody's wrist not only did you get an fxd version but then you also got this one which you know for some people was a little nerfed a little dumbed down but it was nerfed for me you and i talked about yeah this before yeah but for i think average joe it's a much more wearable watch and it mm-hmm. lost a bunch of specs that maybe they don't care so much about. I mean, the, yeah, the watch I mean, heads are going to be a little upset about the, the, the original Pelagos bracelet. Yourself included. Myself included. But for a lot of people, this was, oh my God, thank heaven. I could finally wear this watch if I wanted. Yeah. I mean, look, as we talked about before on the, on the pod, this was a perfect spec watch. Yes. This is the Wiss wet dream spec watch. Titanium, 39 millimeter, matte finish, utilitarian, in-house movement, Tudor, you know, attractive price point given what it is. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a wet dream. And like you said, it's scary that Tudor actually listened to the fan base and made something like this. Now, for me, you're missing the bracelet class system. You're missing the 500 meter diving uh, water resistance. You're missing the helium escape valve. You're missing all the crazy... You know, Luminous Plaza made the the original Tudor Pelagos very cool. You're missing the color blue. You know, those things for me made it attractive. 
but that's not for everybody. Right. You know, I'm not the typical collector, but I think, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see what Tudor's going to drop here very shortly because this you would is, think that they're going to expand on that. I don't know. Maybe we'll finally get a Tudor Pelagos GMT. Who knows? They've been Ooh. asking for it for like 10 years. Yeah, so. that'll be next on the list. <laughs> Uh, and then I, I had a couple out sort of outside shots that probably wouldn't make the list, but a couple that I, I thought of sort of off the top of my head that stuck with me were the moonshine speedies, both the, oh, the, yeah. the different dials, uh, but the the moonshine gold, which I thought were really, really nice. And all the pictures I saw were just breathtaking. Like I, I love their, their different hued golds on all their Speedmasters, as I've talked about at length, but so good. And then uh, the U50 Pro, after I found out that you could actually get it swapped so that the crown was at four, <laughs> I was very interested. I really didn't like it up on the top left, but if I can get it at four, I'm, I'm very interested. But they are they are long gone. But it's a cool yeah. watch, red text, yeah. the whole nine, kind of blacked out look. But yeah, very, very cool. Um, Again, not that I maybe consider that watch of the year, but these are watches that stuck with me. You know, they still made it into my head despite the moon swatch hoopla and everything. <laughs> they must, the they must be doing something right. Just eviscerating any watch drop for all of 2022. Right, so. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know, man. We had a lot of great stuff released this year. And some, like I said, it was a lot of troll stuff. I mean, you know, I can think of like an honorable mention, like the, the Chrono Chime from Omega. Yeah. Like completely unnecessary. But why not? Yeah, out of the blue. Because we can. Just on a random day in November, boom, chrono chime. You know, like just very impressive complication, very cool watch. Just cool. You know, but even still, as much as I love that watch personally, and I if I had, you know, half a million dollars or whatever it costs to get the chrono chime, I still moon swatch for me. All year. This like it's it's the year of the moon swatch for sure. And so putting sort of the bow on 2022, we're going to go on to a little bit of, I don't call them predictions, but sort of what we are looking forward to or maybe some hopes for next year. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know I have a few. I have a few that I think are very likely, and then I have a few that are sort of just off the rails That because who the hell knows what's going to go on? Who thought we were getting a a plastic Speedmaster? Yeah, (laughs) Not me. Not me. So I think, and this is going to go for both, um, I think Seiko and Tudor are both going to wind up mining their back catalog. Tudor more the Rolex back catalog, but they're both doing yeah. it very well right now. I think you're maybe going to get a Polar Black Bay Pro. You think so? Possibly. I mean, I'm just thinking how they're going to shake that up. I mean, I don't want a Black Bay Pro stealing gold. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, that, that that is true. That is true. I definitely don't want one of those either. I could see them putting another GMT out, whether it be a green to match the brother or maybe a Coke because everybody asked for Coke and nobody's getting a Coke. So maybe yeah. you get a Coke tutor, which I could see. Um, you know, I think everybody's waiting for on the Seiko side, the, the Pogue and the, the, the chronographs of that era to come back. I feel now like that, that's like, I feel like that's coming now that we're seeing the other speed timers and things like that. Yeah. You know, again, it might not be a one for one. It might be sort of some sort of a, well, I mean, that, I, and that's what they've course, been doing recently. Yeah. Nothing has been an exact one for one for Seiko, but it's no. a, it's a it's a big riff. It's the same type of style or the same type of vein of of what it represents that is making it cool. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, this year alone, you got the the speed timers, you got the skinny Willards, you got the sonar reedition. 
with sort of that translucent dial. So I think they're pulling from a lot of those and there's, yeah. there's a ton of them. I mean, they can do rally diver. They could do so many things that people love and they pay, pay big money for right now as far as yeah. Seiko's go. Um, so I, th- I think they'll definitely keep at that um, sort of with the whole, we've talked about Moonswatch, talked about Seiko GMT. I hope that affordable stays in, like in the regard of inexpensive watches, you know, nothing over the top, no frills, but yeah. getting cool products that you don't have to spend an arm and a leg for. Because even some of the the newer Seikos and things like that, they're 800, 900. They're not yeah. cheap. They're, yeah. They make a dent, you know, whereas you're picking up a, a Moon's watch for 260, like... As far as watches go, that's, you're like two and a half moon swatches. To, that's what I'm saying. As, as far as watches go, that's a, that's a song and a dance. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. I hope affordable stays in. Like it would be cool if more brands would would put out. I don't want to say a cheap offering every year, but something with the entry level people in mind, or the people who yeah. want to have a very diverse collection and don't want to collect the heavy hitter. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm finding myself in that same vein. I mean, I, I want to get a new Omega this year. And, you know, I never thought I would admit this, but I'm looking at that new DeVille Prestige collection. And I think a lot of the new models that they're not officially all out in stores yet, but they're on the website. You're getting a DeVille Omega Master Chronometer for like $4,400 or just under $5,000, something like that. That's insane. So... It's kind of funny that you mentioned that because I've actually been like, yeah, well, you know, like I just want to scratch this itch, but I don't want to spend eight thousand dollars to do yeah. it, you know. Yeah, and aside from that, uh, just some color-wise, I think the soft colors are here to stay. I think pink, purple, light blue, light green, all of that. I think the softer yeah, palette, I think that's here to stay. Pastel, yeah, pastels, sort of the muted, you know, maze coloring and things like that. I think we're we're gonna see more of that. I think it's it's very pleasing to the eye and it's not such a, a harsh look on a lot of watches. I think people like yeah. that. Yeah. Sort of just the versatility of it. And then here's one complete hail Mary, uh, probably not going to happen, but I, I realized the other day I have a very strong affinity for champagne dials and I wish more people <laughs> would do them. <laughs> and the I, Champagne I, dial. Yeah. I mean, I, I know a lot of times it's on a two tone watch or fresh metal watch or whatever, but yeah, you don't bring back the champagne dial. I like the champagne dial. It's a cool look. It's not it quite really gold. It's, it's not quite it's silver. A, it's an old worldly look, you know, that that like golden opaline color, that champagne color. It's it's a very cool aesthetic. Right. I, think. I, I don't think you have to do two-tone with it, but I, I like it on two-tone, but I, I just like it overall. I think it's a it's just a very classy look. Like I, yeah. I don't like I know I know champagne colored cars are usually old people cars. So I get it. I get the aversion. But a champagne <laughs> dial and a watch, I think, looks really, really good. And I, I would like to see more of them. You know, hey, you know, if you think about it, you know, several years ago, back when he was a little bit more relevant, like Macklemore, I could see him driving like a champagne, you know, Cadillac or something uh, like yeah, that, yeah. right? You know, like that's kind of the vibe, right? It's a very like 70s, 80s color, too, especially like in the more dress watch vein, yeah, I think. Absolutely. I, I love it. I'm here for it. All right. What do you got, my friend? So I know this is kind of a cop out because we've talked about this a lot at length, but I would really like to see maybe a couple more sprinkles of of, of moon swatch flavors. Um, and I didn't think I was gonna it 
you know, say that, well, but Fratello got the old Fratello got yeah, me, got man. Got the wheels turning. They got the wheels turning. I don't know if anybody sure. saw that. They put out an article of what was it, moon swatches they wanted to see or that they thought were coming, or it, it was it was basically like they took their two speedy Tuesday editions um and remixed them into a moon swatch. Okay. And I was like, you know, it's a novel idea, but it just seems too perfect you know very well done photoshopping skills very interesting <laughs> concepts you know it's just kind of like is this too on the nose are we testing the market here is fratello working with omega to determine if this is a viable thing to do and if so what is that going to do for the internet now it may not be the watch that everyone wants collectively around the globe but if they did a speedy tuesday moon swatch ultraman oof you don't think people are going to be trying to get that thing? Absolutely. I would I would be down. I would be down. Either the Speedy Tuesdays, I think, would be very cool. And I'm not saying that we need to do this where, you know, there's a moon swatch every single month or a flavor of whatever is coming. Like, no, I think you do a couple sprinkles, surprise releases of this, maybe throughout the year or the next few years, and you just let it roll. You know, keep a few different flavors coming in, coming out. And I think that that's what's going to keep the Moon Swatch vibe kind of very cool and, and, and long lasting. If that's what Omega and, and the Swatch could really want to do with this with this partnership. Um, I still think it's cool. I still think it's fun. And guys, it's 260 bucks. Like, it's not an Omega. It's a Swatch. You know, but I would love to see an Ultraman Moon Swatch. That's for sure. Yeah, just thinking off the top of my head, like, you could have something nod to Tintin, right? You could <laughs> yeah. do, you could do. So I, I was talking about the, the moonshine speedmasters. You don't do moonshine material, but you could get the color, and I'm sure you can make plastic that looks like, sort of yeah, like I the mean, moonshine. And, and I think that that's kind of the the interesting thing with the bio ceramic is I think you can literally make any color. Yeah, like you could do probably a gold coloration of a bioceramic color i mean you're kind of now you did the yellow for the for the sun but i can't imagine a few different types of pigment off to make it more of a, like a metallic-y color is is not possible I mean, I'm, even if I'm it was sure matte, it even even if it was just like a matte like champagne yeah i would still i would still go for it obviously i think champagne's on the mind new year's you know <laughs> yeah it is and, and it's funny because you know the the, the og moon swatches were very much riffing very popular speedmaster models right you had the mars which is very like the, very much like the alaska project you had jupiter which kind of plays tribute to the to the ultraman you had the pluto which is kind of reminiscent of the the apollo 50th anniversary and, with and the good burgundy bezel good on them for going with pluto you know i'm leaving pluto out i know man i i grew up in the generation where pluto, where pluto was a planet so i'm definitely definitely Team pluto pro pluto yeah pro pluto now I'm gonna I'm gonna lay one out here to you, and I think they need to make this, and I think they need to send me one because they're gonna make a billion dollars off it. I need a Japan Racing Moon Swatch. Oh my god! With the purple, oh. I, I need that. I need that in my life. Yes, and I need oh it. Oh my now. god, that would break the internet. Oh my god. Oh man, see, and that's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of ingenuity. That comes forth, and 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 something like a moon swatch could really bring that to fruition, right? Because at the end of the day, what is it? Right, you're not you're not stepping on toes, you're not 
going all out for crazy materials. Yeah. You just slap it together and shovel the money. <laughs> yeah. Oof. RJ, if you ever listen to this podcast, you should definitely talk to Reynald and do like a curated Speedy Tuesday box set of Ultraman, Speedy Tuesday 1, Japanese racing, Tintin, you know, something that would be fun. Put I something think peanuts on. Don't do Snoopy because that would be way too on the nose. Do something yeah. peanuts e. Yeah, but I think I think Swatch has a partnership with with Snoopy. They've done like Swatch watches. Yeah, I just don't know if that would if that would really really piss off the. That Snoopy would dogs. piss off a lot of people. That's for what I'm sure. saying. So that would piss off like a, lot of a Woodstock or something. No, I you know, I, I, I wonder <laughs> if that one's too close. I think that that might be too close. But, I mean, you could do all kinds of stuff. You know, like you could do Olympic watches. You could there's there's a lot of cool different types of things that you could do with the Moon Swatch, because. You can do a lot of different types of things with Speedmaster as yeah. a collection. You know? So I the man, a black and yellow one would be sick. Yeah. Like a murdered out moon swatch. Oh man. Oh. There's, Wheels so much, there's, there's, there's literally <laughs> infinite possibilities for sure. So Omega, anybody that's listening to anybody that cares, I think Just do I it. think yeah. Whatever you're thinking, just do it. Just as long as it's not a Snoopy's involved, that's that's for sure. But yeah, I think I think, and I, you know, this isn't my kind of premonition, but I don't think it's too far off. Like I don't think it's an impossibility. Now, my big thing is caution. I don't want this to be like every month we're pumping out a new version of the Moon's Watch. I think it's like it, it sprinkled in maybe once or twice a year. We'll do a new version that kind of drops in collaboration with with what else is already pre existing. Because even the ones that are pre-existing now are pretty cool, okay. but Special I think if they if they breast, discontinue breast cancer those, awareness, like breast cancer awareness charity moonswatch, there you go, <laughs> you know, a little bit brighter, vibrant pink, nice little donation moonswatch would be would be amazing. Yeah, think uh, think Zenith El Primero pink dial, but moonswatchy and you know better donation numbers. There you go, I like it. <laughs> All right. Uh, you got any other ones? Uh, looking what what you're you're thinking about for this year? I'm still gonna hold out for my uh for my diver GMT. I know Zodiac gave me a little touch of that towards the end of last uh 2022. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited to see if that model line kind of comes to a bigger, more mainstream version, um or or just from any brand. Like that's a complication I just want. I want a true diver's watch with a gmt complication i don't want a rotating 24-hour bezel i want an internal 24-hour scale with a diver's bezel and that's just something that i i don't know i've never had a gmt in my collection personally i've always wanted one because i think they're cool i got to buy uh, i got to borrow my buddy's um longines uh utc uh i'm sorry zulu time zulu time yeah uh he was like, "Hey man, just make sure it's all running good and everything like that." So I borrowed it for for about a week, and man, I loved it. <laughs> I thought it was awesome. Very cool watch. So if you're on the fence about the the Zulu time, go get one. It's very cool. But you know, I've been wanting a GMT for a while, and I think if if that was going to be the the perfect storm divers watch with GMT, that's that's the way to go. All right, and I think last up, we were kind of just. I think everybody does these like resolution episodes or whatever. But I always just think there's always like a couple things that are in my mind and 
one of them is is always the same thing is just to buy less watches and it's the hardest one to follow <laughs> because like i said people drop a moon swatch a seiko gmt and you're like well yeah. that's a buy right yeah. that's a buy <laughs> that's a no-brainer so like, yeah it, it gets so hard on that and ideally i want to buy less things just because i want to have less clutter and less yeah. options and things like that yeah, but you're trying to scale back, become more minimalist, and it's just not a thing. I say that, and then, but I also don't want to be the guy who trades in all his watches for like two heavy hitters, and then I'm like, all right, well, I got A, and I got B. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I feel like it, there's not really a happy medium for me to hit, but I'm going to try to hit it anyway. Yeah, I saw I saw a video recently of a guy on YouTube. He's like, yeah, I only have five watches in my collection at all times. He goes, my rule of thumb is like if one comes yeah, in, one's one in, go one out. out. I've heard them all. Oh Trust God. me, I, I'm just not that satisfied with with the the mantra. I'd rather I'd rather have the big boxes back there. Yeah, and sort of to sp- spring off of that is to figure out what the hell I am doing with my collection. I I never know. I have ne- I I just look at it sometimes. I'm like, what the hell am I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I have no theme. I have no. You know nothing. what? It just sort of is. I, I I just I just like my my collection to just be completely just. When somebody looks at it, they look like my collection is somehow indicative of like ten a you know twelve a.m. drunk eBay purchases. Like that's nice. that's what for me watch collecting should be. Just random, just ridiculousness. That's what I want. And then, uh, yeah. Aside from that, I mean, personal personal goals. I, w- I would like to, you know, continue continue to expand the brand. I think I've picked up more followers this year than I ever have. I will keep that up and just keep at it, and you know, see, see what other new and interesting heights I can take it to. I would also like to beat twenty thousand dollars in donations this year for Real Men Wear Pink. See if I get to that. That's going to be a tough one. I didn't ever expect to get near there this year, but here I am, and so we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, it's a steep, it's a steep hill to climb. But hopefully, we got some things, you know, working the pipeline that can certainly get us to that to that next level. Even if it's twenty thousand and one, you know, that will be. So yeah, no doubt. That's all I want to do. I just want to beat. I just want to beat last year. That's all. Yeah. Yep. So. Um, I think for me, uh, I want to get more engagement with with our with our community. I think is is kind of one of the big things that I want to do. Um, certainly push that with uh, with social media presence and, and just making sure that we're getting more content that's tailor-made for you guys. And as always, you know, guys, if you're listening to this, drop us a DM. A lot of you guys still do it. Um, drop us a DM. Get in our get in our messages and and propose an idea for, for a topic on an episode. Sometimes we need uh, the extra help to come up with the feedback and, and, and produce something for you guys. So, you know, we never want to be a podcast that becomes irrelevant to what your needs are, what you want. So, um we want to keep making contact for y'all. Um, you are our listeners, you're our supporters. So that's a, that's certainly very important to us. Yeah. And I know sometimes we don't always get right back to you. You got to understand both of us have <laughs> jobs, both of us have kids. I have and, another account. <laughs> and sometimes bro checks it and I don't know. Oh yeah. That happens to <laughs> We share the, we share the risk cheese radio account. So every once in a while I'll stop in on something and I'll be like, Oh yeah, I gotta get, and then I'll, I'll be, distract i'll get distracted i'll close it schmidt will never see it or comes back to it later and is like oh crap i need to respond to this and i'm like oh yeah i forgot i totally forgot i even opened that like it gets very <laughs> it's a little hectic it's a little more involved than you would think yeah and yeah, i don't really sure. know if there's a better way to organize that like if it's something <laughs> i i think you should see i'll try to use the the unread function but i i don't know how that works across platforms and everything so you know uh it, it gets a little 
confusing at times, but we do try to keep up as best we can. Sometimes we we cannot always, but we do appreciate you uh, reaching out, you know, chime in. It's all uh, it's all been really great and a lot of fun so far. So we're hopefully going to bring that to you in 2023 on a, a better level and, uh, you know, have a great time overall. Yeah, absolutely. 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 So, hey, here's the 2023. Keep kicking it with us, guys. And uh, we'll, we'll catch keep you next the week. Content, and we'll catch you next week. That's it. This is Radio out. Take care. Peace.